Hello, and welcome to the Learning to Slay the Beast podcast, a resilience podcast where we talk about all the challenging things that we're working to overcome, like anxiety, obesity, health, and relationship issues. My name is Sarah. Health and fitness is a big part of my life. I like being active and building energy through activity as well as eating in a nutritious way for my body. This week, I'm welcoming Lydia D. Francesco to the podcast. I met Lydia through Move Camp, which is a free fitness movement that started here in Ottawa, Ontario, with free workouts on Parliament Hill and a goal of making Canada the fittest nation. Lydia is a personal coach that focuses on helping women in their 40s and 50s that are frustrated with poor sleep, low energy, and weight gain in order to heal, lose weight, and feel great again through her business, Fit Healthy 365. She focuses on stress-reduced fat loss. She also hosts a radio show on Chin Radio here in Ottawa. So please enjoy this week's episode with Lydia DeFrancesco. Welcome, Lydia. It's so great to connect with you. Hi, Sarah. Thanks so much for having me. No problem. So I just wanted to start thinking a lot about the new year. So many people have new fitness goals, or maybe it's carried over fitness goals from last year that they're still working away on, and just health in general. So I wondered, how did you get involved in health and wellness? Uh, that's a great question, actually. So I got involved um, about eight years ago, actually. And it was almost by fluke, really. Um, essentially, I had been working out at uh, Good Life, uh, taking their body pump class. I really enjoyed it. Um, I doing, had been doing that for a number of years. And uh, literally, it was out of the blue. There was a poster advertising um, for coaches, uh, instructors for the, the program. And I thought, oh, you know what, I would be pretty good at that. And I think I would like it. So Literally, on a whim, I was like, I'll just try out. And worst case, like it was a good workout. And uh, I ended up making it through and passing and, and getting the certification. And I loved it. It was so much fun. Um, I don't know if you've done group teaching uh, group classes before, but mm-hmm. it's uh, it really is a lot of fun. And I just found I had a really big passion for it. And it kind of just grew from there organically. Like I ended up taking a few other certifications in different kind of programming And then I decided um, I wanted to help people more on a one-on-one basis. The group stuff was great, but it's hard to have that real strong impact on an individual. And so I trained to become a personal trainer and uh, and then eventually uh, switched into that as my full-time career. So yeah, it was, it was a, it was a transition over a number of years, um, which, uh, which really developed I, I kind of like to say that it was a hobby and the hobby turned into a career. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, I can totally see that. It's very, it's like an infectious thing and it makes you feel mm-hmm. so good. So it starts yeah, exactly. to take over. <laughs> so then how did you decide to go out on your own and start your own um, coaching business? Yeah. So I had been working with a company uh, as a trainer and it was going well, but I really felt I wasn't really being overly challenged. I wasn't growing as a person. uh, And I didn't see opportunity within that company for kind of personal development growth opportunities. And I was chatting with one of my friends who had her own studio. And we were talking about kind of the logistical side, the business side of how it was working. And I kind of just played with some numbers. And I realized that if I rented space, 
as opposed to starting my own studio, that it was actually really feasible for me to have this kind of a business because um, it was very like sort of lower risk um, when you're renting a space versus kind of starting, you know, hundred thousand dollar, uh, you know, equipment fees plus yeah. your, uh, commercial rent and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, it was, I guess it was something that I hadn't really thought of and she brought up to me. And so really just kind of crunched some numbers and, and realized like, okay, well this makes sense. <laughs> and, uh, so quietly talked to some clients and asked them if, if, you know, if I did move, if they would come with me. And of course they said, yes. And uh, I found a location and basically just kind of jumped in and, and made the switch. Wow. Wow. That's, that's mm-hmm. brave, but uh, I'm sure it felt yeah. really great. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was risky for sure, but it was very calculated, right? So I knew mm-hmm. I needed X amount of clients as a minimum in order to, in order to cover my rent. And then anything from there um, was okay. And uh, yeah, so I mean, right from the get-go, I knew that I could be at least covering my rent. Uh, of course, there were definitely some additional expenses that I didn't foresee, um, but overall it was fine. And uh, so while it, it was a little bit of a risk, it wasn't as risky as if I had, uh, you know, like I said, started with my own studio and, and commercial rent and equipment and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That makes sense. And you have a bit of a business background, right? So it looks like you could kind of put the two together. Yeah, yeah. I did my MBA, um, which is unique probably for people in the fitness industry. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually originally have a background in political science and languages, and I worked in politics. I worked in marketing. I have a, a variety of uh, experiences in my background, and uh, which I think all come to play in, in how I work with clients and interact with clients and the type of skills that I've developed over the years. So um, it never, there's no regrets on any of the things that I've done in my past. I think it all really helps. Uh, it's, it's who I, it's made me who I am today and it all, um, you know, works together somehow. Yes, absolutely. I'm sure you need all of those skills at this point. Mm-hmm. And so your coaching business has started to focus more on women in their forties and fifties, kind of frustrated with weight gain and, and looking to, to heal and lose weight and, and feel great. So what are some of those key pillars in terms of advice that you do give your clientele for, um, the stress reduced fat, lo- fat loss program? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh that's a great question. So a few, so the whole premise behind this type of uh, program is that your body can become stressed or is stressed in a variety of different ways. So it's not necessarily limited to psychological stress, uh, which is what many of us are, are currently facing at the moment, uh, mm-hmm. but it's also um, metabolic stress where you might be eating the wrong kinds of foods and really taxing your liver and your other organs, um, your gallbladder or what, whatnot, yeah, your in, intestinal tract, um, and stressing them out. And that, you know, can cause inflammation and cause other, other problems. Uh, it could also be like electromagnetic stress. So, you know, if you're sleeping with your phone beside you in your bedroom, mm. uh, or you're on your computer, I mean, we're all on our computers a fair amount, but especially sleeping with, with a phone beside you isn't the best. Um, so different types of stressors like that, uh, even not getting enough sleep stresses mm-hmm. your body. And so that's kind of where we start. So I have an assessment that I do with my clients and we really look at uh, what areas are of their being are being stressed out and then what we can do to reduce it. So I can absolutely with 
a hundred percent confidence <laughs> tell you that probably the number one uh, issue, let's say, that is facing most people, but specifically most women in their forties and fifties, is sleep. Right. It's and the problem with that is that sleep, as you know, affects everything. So it affects your mood. It affects your your um, hunger hormones. Uh, it affects your blood sugar levels. And so a lot of times, you know, even something as simple as having sugar cravings can actually stem from not having a good enough sleep. And so sleep is one of the foundational pieces that I work on with all my clients. And there's a variety of tools and tips and tricks that I that I share with them. So I'll, I'll give a few to your listeners. Um, so basically, yeah, one of the biggest ones is... Um, having a dark type of environment closer to bedtime. So dimming your house lights. Uh, what happens is that people often are waiting for their bodies to tell them that they're tired. It's tired. However, with our society and modern inventions of the light bulb, uh, mm-hmm. we're actually artificially keeping our body more awake. And we're actually signifying to our body that it's still daytime when we have light around us. And so it's kind of a catch 22 because we're waiting for our body to tell us that it's tired and the body's waiting for the external signals to know that it's nighttime and to be tired. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. So one of the things that is really effective is actually dimming your lights. Um, I mean, in the winter, if I were to tell you to dim them at when the sun sets, I mean, that's like five o'clock. <laughs> um, so usually, <laughs> usually, yeah, usually I say around like 8, 830 is a good time to start uh-huh. um, dimming your lights. Um, you know, even so and, and dimming your lights could be turning on a lamp instead of an mm-hmm. overhead light. Uh, I generally have switched out all of my light switches to dimmer switches. And so even in my bathroom, I have a dimmer switch so that when I'm going to brush my teeth uh, just before bed, that I'm not all of a sudden encountering a very bright light that then tells my body like, oh, time to wake up. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's actually a really simple and easy thing that you can do to help tell your body and and let your body know that it can start releasing melatonin because basically it's not really going to release that melatonin until it's darker out. And so that's a really easy one that you can do. Um, another one uh, that I recommend to most of my clients is taking magnesium. Um, so just disclaimer, I'm not a doctor. I'm not prescribing this to anybody. Uh, so uh, I welcome, of course, people to talk to their health practitioners about that. Um, but generally, um, people who are de- deficient in magnesium, it can, it can actually really help. Uh, it relaxes the body. It has other good um, benefits as well, but it does help get a better sleep and for you to stay asleep. Um, so that's another really great one. Um, you'll know uh, in terms of, um, stress on your organs, uh, if you're waking up between one and 3am, it's a sign that, uh, your liver is, um, overworked. And so that's often due to, um, the types of foods that you're eating or uh, too many heavy metal, a presence of heavy metals, which could be from unfiltered water or um, uh, harsh chemicals like in makeup and the types of soaps and body washes that people are using. So 
Generally, I recommend uh, using filtered water and not a Brita style filter that doesn't actually filter out enough. But um, there's certain brands. Uh, I use Centivia or Santivia, however they say it. Um, that's a really good one. It balances the pH and it really takes out a lot of the uh, the harsher chemicals. Um, so that can be uh, that can be one sign if you're kind of waking up around three o'clock every day. And oh, okay. uh, yeah, so those are some those are some simple ones that people can be doing. Uh, also, not eating uh, as like two to three hours before bedtime, uh, giving your body a chance to actually um, digest. Right, because when you after you eat, obviously your body is digesting, and it's harder for your body to go to sleep or you know get into a good night's sleep if it's still in digestion mode. Right, because it's still kind of awake and alert. Um, so doing activities that can relax your body, um, you know, ideally not being on a phone, uh, it's really hard and I'm guilty of this as well, you know, watching TV. So Mm -hmm. I find it, I find it hard to, uh, ethically, uh, tell people not to watch TV before bed because I do it. Um, but definitely my phone goes away, uh, at the latest at 8.30, I put it away. I don't look at it anymore. And it's not just the blue lights, but it's the stimulation, of mm-hmm. everything that's happening on the screen. And really, we want to be trying to to calm our bodies down. Um, and I know that can be tough because oftentimes as women, uh, we're busy, busy, busy just up until bedtime. And then we kind of want to have that time to ourselves. Um, so I recommend, you know, having a look at your scheduling even and, and making sure that you have enough buffer of downtime before you go to fall asleep. Um, so yeah, those are some hints for tips on, uh, sleep. Uh, the other thing that has been, um, really effective for a lot of the women that I work with is cutting out, uh, gluten and dairy, or at least cutting it out for a while and seeing how your body reacts. So, um, I was very much, I never thought that I could cut these things out of my life. Um, And I didn't think I needed to. And then I did. And I really noticed a significant difference. And now when I add it in, like when I eat dairy, now I like I get a little bit of um, acne on my chin, especially. Mm -hmm. Um, So clearly my body isn't liking that. Um, And I do I do eat dairy from time to time. So I'm not like I I never advocate uh, a complete. um, What's the word? Not removal, but like. never, ever, ever, ever having it again, unless you really are like allergic or something. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I just, you know, I had a few bites of gelato the other night and that sort of thing. And I will eat some bites of cheese from time to time, but you know, generally speaking, I don't have it. Right. So same with, uh, say with gluten. So, uh, cause they cause a lot of inflammation in our body, even if you aren't, um, you know, sensitive to gluten or celiac or uh, mm-hmm. lactose intolerant. Um, so same with uh, corn and soy and sugar. Those are also things that I recommend that uh, that people avoid because they do, again, cause a lot of extra work on your liver. Um, and then, like I said, when the liver's overworked, it's waking you up in the middle of the night. So um, those are some things that, that can be really helpful. Um, and then it's, it's also practices like expressing gratitude and, um, setting affirmations. And I, I advocate for, um, not looking at your phone first thing in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually hide my, 
deadlines. So, uh, which is what I do at night, yeah. right? Like I, I literally, it goes in my kind of credenza thing and, uh, I don't see it cause I find when you see your phone, you're more apt to like have that FOMO and pick it up. But when it's hidden away, I don't really think about it as much. Um, but mm-hmm. in the morning, mm-hmm. uh, the first thing that I do after going to the bathroom is, uh, come to my living room and I write in my journal just for five minutes, um, expressing gratitude, coming up with some affirmations and intentions for the day. I focus on a win from the previous day because I think that's important to not um, just think about like all the things you didn't do, Mm -hmm. Um, but think about what was one little small win. And like, honestly, sometimes the win is I, and I'm not joking. Like I wrote that I had a nap or that I listened (laughs) to my body or (laughs) drank enough water or whatever, right? Like it's small little things. It's not like, you know, necessarily like getting a new client, like that's great, but that is not always the case. Sometimes it's literally like I washed my hair. Awesome. Yay me. Um, (laughs) I do the same thing and I'll just write like had a good sleep or, you know, something very exactly or went for a walk. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. So just because sometimes people think when they think when they think it has to be big. So I always, Mm -hmm. you know, say that it's the small things that matter because those add up to, to be the significant pieces. So I mean, there's so much more I could share, but those are some of the big pieces um, that I find they're really helpful. Um, yeah, getting so getting enough sleep. Um, honestly, like I've now prioritized that over nutrition and fitness when I'm working oh, with wow. clients. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 something that I've really learned over the last year that has the most significant impact. Because if you think about it, like if you don't have a good enough sleep. Um, like I said, it definitely messes up your hunger. So mm-hmm. it'll affect your hunger hormones. So we have the hunger hormones for uh, to tell your body that you're hungry and you have hormones that tell your body that you're full. And when you don't sleep well, those get messed up. So the hormone that tells you that you're hungry is ramped up. And so you constantly are feeling hungry and you eat and eat and you don't feel full because the full feeling hormone is decreased. And so it's like totally messed up. Um, and I'm sure that you've had this and I'm sure the listeners have experienced this when you're just, you feel so hungry the entire day Mm -hmm. and you feel like you can't eat enough. And that's not just you. It's actually a hormonal thing. And it's that the hormones are messed up and it's because of a lack of sleep. Um, I remember after, sorry, after I had my son, yeah. I mm. felt that way, like, because you're so mm-hmm. sleep deprived with a baby. And I would just like literally totally. reach for like a handful of chocolate chips or something like that, yeah. because you're just like, you just yeah, want absolutely. the sugar. So when you mentioned the sugar craving, mm-hmm. that totally makes sense. Yeah. Well, and the thing too, with the sugar stuff, and I don't need to go into all the science behind it, but basically if you don't sleep well enough, there's a bunch of different things that are affected and including uh, thyroid hormone and that sort of stuff. But essentially you wake up with a blood sugar level of a person who's diabetic and you actually crave sugar first thing in the morning, which then kicks off uh, a chain reaction of just wanting more sugar throughout the whole day. Mm -hmm. So when you don't sleep, it messes your nutrition and also you're tired. And when you're tired, you're not really motivated or interested in exercising. Yeah. And so this is again, where I've come to realize that sleep is just the first piece (laughs) Mm -hmm. that needs to happen. And I mean, all these things of course can happen concurrently. Um, but definitely focusing on sleep, um, is really kind of like the magic sauce 
of, uh, of your health. I I've, I've come to realize. So, um, that's why I place such a high priority on it and, um, you know, really helping people to get a better sleep, uh, because your body is healing when it's sleeping, right? It's doing so many different processes as well. Um, even for fat loss, cause that's a lot of times like the secondary goal of why people are coming to me, you know, they want to feel better. They want to have more energy. They want to be able to have clearer focus and, and thinking. Um, but then they get this fat loss. And again, it's because we're helping them sleep better and, and reducing stress and inflammation in the body. That makes a lot of sense. And so mm-hmm. what is your personal health and wellness regimen? Like, is it, you know, pretty close to these tips that you've given or are there some extra yeah. things you do? Uh, no, like I really follow what I, what I, what I preach. Um, so I would say definitely like in terms, like just since we're talking, you know, talking about sleep so much. Yeah. So in terms of sleep, um, a few other hints or things that I do, um, is I don't actually have a traditional alarm clock. I, uh, recently invested in a sunrise alarm clock. And what that does is it mimics the sunrise and, so it starts about 30 minutes before I want to wake up and it actually has a light that brightens and then brighter and brighter and brighter until the time that I want to wake up. Um, I found traditional alarms, like they're so jarring Yeah, and you're, you're just like, you're woken up in the middle of a sleep cycle or it's just, you get that panicky feeling as soon Mm -hmm. as you hear that alarm. Mm -hmm. Even if, even with some of the nicer ones, it's still very jarring. So Um, I like that this is a bit more, um, natural feeling like you kind of, it's like that, (laughs) the, I just woke up feeling and that's what it, like it, that's what it feels like, you know, on the weekend when you don't set an alarm Mm -hmm. and you just wake up, that's what it feels like, but it's at the time that I want, (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Um, which is great. And especially in the winter when, um, you know, in the summertime you get that sort of sun peeking through the curtains, like the sun is not peeking through the curtains at 6am when I'm waking up. So, um, it's kind of, uh, I, I got it specifically this winter to, to help with just the extra darkness, um, that we experience. Um, but generally, um, I would say that I have a very, uh, regimented, I guess I could say sleep schedule. So, or sleep, like circadian, my circadian rhythm is very, um, normal in the sense that it's the same every day. So, I generally go to bed around 10 o'clock in the evening and I get up around six, sometimes, you know, plus or minus half an hour on either side, um, depending on, on how the day is going, how I slept. Uh, some, there's been nights lately where my husband and I go to bed at like nine or eight 30 sometimes, like when Mm -hmm. we were doing renovations on our apartment upstairs and we were so tired. Um, Mm -hmm. but the more, and even on the weekends, so the weekends doesn't change anything, um, it's the same, even New Year's Eve was the same. <laughs> yeah. like we didn't, I think we maybe stayed up till 11. I don't know, but it was yeah. like not, not midnight. We were like, never mind that. Um, so my sleep is the same. I drink a lot of water. Uh, water's pretty much the only thing I drink in life. Um, I'm not a big alcohol drinker. Um, mostly just by choice. I don't find it really adds any benefit to my life. Um, mm-hmm. and so, in the summer, I'll drink a little bit more just because, like, summer drinks are, like, yummy. But um, generally, I'm not drinking a ton. And uh, so what? I don't drink juice. I don't drink coffee. 
Um, yeah, I basically only drink water pretty much. And, uh, I eat a lot of fresh food, healthy food. Yes. Our grocery bills are expensive. Um, Mm -hmm. because healthy food is not cheap, but you know, that's our health is a priority to us. And so we, um, you know, save in other places and spend a lot of our dollars on, on healthy food. Um, so, you know, our fridge is basically only full of fresh food. Um, it's meat, uh, meats, vegetables, fruits. Uh, our pantry is mostly um, base ingredients to cook food. Uh, so not a lot of packaged foods. There is some. So, I mean, I'll definitely say that I have, I do eat chips and, um, I actually found some really great gluten-free crackers. Mm -hmm. Um, but other than that, I don't eat a lot of, uh, sweets. Uh, so from the eating side, that's, yeah, it's, it's, it's good. Um, and then, uh, from an exercise standpoint, I actually don't do too much exercise at the moment. Um, I do walking, and, uh, that's mostly it. I need to, I want to get back into doing some weights. We have a home gym now, so that's on the agenda for sure. Um, but I also just listen to my body a lot too, and just kind of respect what it needs in terms of movement. Um, Mm -hmm. and we don't own a car. So anywhere I go is walking or riding my bike in the nicer weather. Uh, yeah, those are the basics of, of kind of my health routine and my healthy, uh, healthy regime. So, uh, I find for me, the, the key point that I like to emphasize with people is that, um, healthy living should be considered a lifestyle and not a fad or something that you do for X amount of time. Um, and that I think has been how I live my life. So I am basically the same size that I was 10 years ago when I married my husband, I haven't changed. I fit into all the same clothes, even from before that. Um, and that's really because I've, I've learned how to keep things simple and, and how to just live the same, not in a boring way, but like day to day. So like the winter and the summer is the same. A lot of times people talk about like, oh, it's the winter. So I'm just going to let myself go and not worry. Uh, I'll get my summer body back. Like I don't have a winter body or a summer body. It's the same body the whole time, the whole year round. Every year is the same. And Mm -hmm. so I think when you can create sustainable habits um, that lend themselves to a healthy lifestyle, it's actually really easy to maintain a certain size or a certain level of healthiness or fitness. Um, But if you're not there yet, then you want to take it step by step. So um, one of the the, the hardest things for somebody to do and be successful at is trying to change everything all at once, Mm -hmm. especially if you've been, you know, 30 years, 40 years living your life a certain way. Um, it can take some time and I always encourage people to be kind to themselves and, you know, just make the small changes, but be consistent with them, make them a practice and something that they just do now as a regular part of life. And, then build on those habits, pick up other habits as you go. Um, I really don't think being healthy needs to be overly complicated. A lot of it is about um, just making different choices and and learning how to do things in a slightly different way. Um, and some and habits and priorities, though, right? So you know, for me uh, and my husband, like our priority 
on the weekends is prepping food for the week so that we have access to healthy food. Um, cause if not, then we're not going to eat healthy. Right. So yeah. it's all about convenience a lot of times. And if the healthy food isn't there conveniently, then you're going to eat whatever is convenient, which generally is not as good for you. So, you know, Yes. Do we take a few hours every single weekend to chop food and cook food? Absolutely. But it's totally worth it and saves us time in the long run. So it's things like that where people sometimes have to readjust their schedules, have to readjust their priorities. Um, But it's definitely doable. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And so is that kind of how you stay motivated is that it's just it's a true lifestyle. You're not kind of restarting and, and that kind of thing. Yeah. I'm, I, yes. And, um, I'm also, I also follow, uh, a mindset of what I call the gray zone mindset. Uh, it's a term that I, it exists, but I made it up for my purposes. And basically what it means is that I live in a gray zone where I don't strive for perfection. Mm. Um, and I know that, um, but I also don't do nothing. Right. So, when we think about like the fitness wagon that people talk about or yo-yo dieting, um, a lot of that stems from an all or nothing mentality where people are focused on, and I'm sure you've seen this in, in dealings with, with others, right. Where they're, or your friends or whatever, where they're like, okay, I'm all in. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm never eating cookies again, (laughs) or or I'm never drinking alcohol again, or I'm never doing X again. And I mean, first of all, it's like, okay, is that reality? Is that realistic? Like probably not. Right. So even like I was saying about the dairy, like mm-hmm. I'm mostly dairy free. However, I really like gelato and I'm not going to deprive myself of gelato for the rest of my life. Um, I might know that there's consequences, you know, maybe mm-hmm. I am, I get constipated or diarrhea or like I said, acne or whatever, if I have too much of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just have to acknowledge that that's going to be a thing. And is it going to be worth it to me or not? You know, you have to make that choice. But I don't believe in in depriving oneself of, of something, right? So uh, for me, the gray zone is really about living in that sort of middle space between the all or nothing. And so I don't try to be perfect. Um, I try to live in that in that area. Um, well, I'm and and the biggest thing there is, is the consistency piece. So being consistent versus being perfect. And I think that's what a lot of people are missing. They think that in order to be healthy, it means they have to be perfect. So they have to always have the right perfect food in the right times and portions and never eat the bad, quote, bad stuff. Um, You know, make sure they're always, they're exercising X amount for X amount of time, blah, blah, blah. Right. But it's not about that. It's about being consistent, you know, 80% of the time, let's say, and then enjoying the other bits and not feeling guilty about it, not worrying about it. I literally am never guilty about anything that I do, whether in terms of like something that's quote, not healthy or bad, right? Mm -hmm. Because I view it as a choice. I'm aware of the choice that I'm making. I'm aware of the potential um, repercussions or consequences. And I've decided that that's okay, that regardless of those things, I'm going to choose to do the thing or eat the thing. And it's totally fine. I'm going to enjoy it. But I don't let it overtake me. Um, again, with this all or nothing mentality, people, uh, a, lo- a lot of times it's around food, right? And people, mm-hmm. what I, they, they do what I call... Um, 
like a food FOMO type of cycle. So Mm -hmm. essentially what happens is they, they binge and then they deprive. So they'll binge on a food and then they'll feel guilty and then they'll tell themselves they're never going to have it again. And then that's not realistic. So eventually they cave and then they binge again because they know that they're going to tell themselves again that they can't have it. So they want to make it worth it, you know, worth the while. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the cycle continues. So I t- try and, you know, teach clients to break that if they have that sort of cycle, but to break that cycle and to allow themselves to enjoy uh, food or whatever it is in moderation, um, knowing that they're, they don't have to deprive themselves, that they can choose to have it, but when they want and, uh, you know, of course, obviously keeping in mind like portion sizes and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I find that that can be really um, freeing for a lot of people mm-hmm. because it gives them permission. Like I find because we get I mean, we get so many mixed messages from the, the media and, and society in general. Right. Where it's like you're being told not to do this or not to eat that. But then also there's advertising that's trying to get you to eat those things or do those Mm -hmm. things. Right. So uh, it's very conflicting. And so it can be very freeing to, you know, I have clients who are shocked when I tell them like that they can eat chocolate or have a chocolate bar, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) like I had this conversation with one of my clients the other day where she was like, is it okay if I have these mini Toblerone and I'm like, well, how much are you eating? And she's like, oh, about two triangles. And I'm like, okay, well, let's look at the nutrition facts. And so we looked at the nutrition facts. We broke it down. We did the math. It was like 38 calories for one little triangle. And, um, you know, it's not that it's about calories, but just as this, you know, the yeah. example. And I was like, okay, so if you have two triangles, it's 38 calories, 10 grams of sugar. Um, I'm like, well, it's kind of a lot of sugar for like, two little bites of something, Mm -hmm. but I mean, it's really not the end of the world. So at the end of the day, like, it's okay. She's like, really? And I'm like, yeah, it's fine. Oh, she's like, even every day. And I'm like, yeah, it's okay. (laughs) As long as it's two, two triangles. Yeah. yeah. I'd rather, I'd rather two triangles every day than a whole Toblerone bar once a week in one Mm -hmm. shot, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know? And so sometimes it's just, it's just allowing yourself the permission and, 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 uh, acknowledging that, you know, some things are okay like that and you don't have to feel bad. Yeah. I like that, that gray, gray zone. Gray mindset. zone. I think that makes yeah. sense. Cause mm-hmm. I've seen so much where it's like, you know, no carbs or like, mm-hmm. you know, you're kind of protein and fat only, or mm-hmm. then instead of this sort of moderation, it's more of like a cheat day, cheat meal. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're right. It becomes too much. Right. And mm-hmm. and then you feel, you have that guilt kind of feeling that comes mm-hmm. in afterwards. So I think that makes exactly. a lot of sense for the consistency I'm- piece. I'm all about no guilt, <laughs> yeah, yeah. right? Because it's, it's, and a big piece of that is acknowledging the fact that you have a choice in the matter. No one is ever forcing you to do anything or they shouldn't be. And so when you acknowledge that you have a choice in the matter and it empowers you to really step into what the, are the choices that you want to make and just make informed choices. Again, knowing what the potential consequences could be and the whole like, quote, is it worth it? Right. Mm -hmm. Like I've had times where I've been out, you know, at one of those, like, like a 
wedding or something and like dessert will be served and I'm not the biggest dessert person I could take it or leave it usually but like if I take a bite and it's not really really amazing Mm -hmm. I'm probably not going to have it because to me it's not worth it it's not worth the the extra sugar because it doesn't even taste that good but if Mm -hmm. something tastes amazing yeah absolutely I'm going to eat it and I'm not going to feel bad about it um oh and I also uh don't believe in exchanging food and exercise. Mm. So having a negative relationship between the food and exercise, I think they're totally two completely separate things and you should always view them as separate. So I really, really dislike all those freaking memes that come out at like Easter and Halloween and Christmas or whatever that are like, oh, did you know one Snickers bar equals 100 push-ups or whatever? Like, no, <laughs> please stop. Don't share those memes ever, audience people. Mm-hmm. Um, that's such a horrible mentality. Um, you should move your body because you love your body and because you want to make it stronger, not ever as punishment for food. Um, I agree. So. And that's, that's been a huge thing for me is, is separating the two of those and kind of saying like, okay, you're not running this morning as a punishment for something. You're mm-hmm. doing it because you can, because yeah. you're, you know, you want to be fit and yeah, kind of detwining those. I don't know if that's a word, but mm-hmm. um, has, yeah. has been a big, big thing for me because Good. I love fitness. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, when you put them together, then it starts to become this kind of negative one for the other mm-hmm. and it's it's not helpful. Well, and it also because it can work the opposite way where you're like, "Oh, I did this bit of exercise, so I deserve this mm-hmm. giant piece of cake or this mega large cookie or whatever." And it's like, "No, yeah. no. Just eat the cookie if you want to eat the cookie." Um it doesn't have to be tied to anything. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it's just if you want to eat it, eat it. Make that choice. Um it's because uh, a lot of times what happens too is that people overestimate how much energy they've used doing the exercise right? and they'll actually eat more than whatever calories energy they've used for the exercise. So it totally negates it anyway, anyway right? So mm-hmm. um, yeah, just keep the two separate, you know, eat healthy food because you love your body, exercise your food, exercise because you love your body and you want to make it healthy um, and just, yeah. Let's let's keep them separate. That makes a lot of sense. So I wondered, you know, being a business owner and, and you've been in the health and wellness space for a little while, do you have any advice for those that are starting out in that area right now? Yes. Um, one of the things that was made the biggest difference for me in my business was really kind of honing down on who I wanted to work with uh, for the longest time. It was a challenge for me and I was like, I want to help everybody. And, Mm. um, you know, when you're trying to help everybody, it's really hard for, for people to see themselves in your messaging. And it was when I started really targeting women in their forties and fifties, you know, who were feeling tired and sluggish and low energy and, uh, working hard and that sort of thing. Um, having perimenopause, you know, premenopause symptoms, uh, that's when I really was able to attract those kind of people because I'm talking directly to them. Um, so that would be definitely the biggest piece of advice. Um, and really just kind of, I would say also look around for commonalities and common themes in the type of people that you're working with or the type of, um, 
area that you're in because a lot of times you can learn from one experience and that's transferable to another person or another client. Um, a lot of the things that I've learned have been through conversations with clients and observing what works, what doesn't, um, how people are motivated, what common challenges there are, um, and that sort of thing. Cause you know, generally when it comes down to the basics, we all struggle with the same type of things. And so it can be really helpful when you recognize the patterns, um, to provide advice and suggestions that's, uh, that could be helpful to a lot of people. That makes sense. So really targeting and yeah, you've totally done that with, um, with who you're reaching out specifically to that, that Uh helps. It really honestly makes such a huge difference. (laughs) Are there any specific goals that you have either business or personal for 2021? Yeah. Um, so I've actually, in addition to the one-on-one work that I'm doing, I'm also doing quite a bit of corporate work, uh, where I'm working with organizations and companies to help on the employee wellness side. So it's kind of reaching the individual, but through a company, um, which I think is great because it allows me to really impact a lot more people. So I actually have, I think it's kind of cheesy, but I don't really care. Um, a goal of impacting 2021 people in 2021. Oh, that's um, great. Yeah. So, and uh, I do believe in having a way to measure your goals. So um, the way that I'm going to measure that number is by how many individuals attend uh, workshops that I do. So, or, or conferences that I speak at. So basically, mm-hmm. um, because I can't, it's, I mean, social media is great and there's metrics, but it's a little bit harder to quantify. Um, you know, you could say X post gets so many views, but did the person really watch their video or read your thing? Who knows? Right. So, um, I'm quantifying it more specifically as like somebody who's attended a a talk that I'm given a presentation, a workshop, uh, that sort of thing. So I've started a document, um, so that I can keep track (laughs) because last year I had this Mm -hmm. similar goal and I just didn't keep track. So then I didn't know if I reached my goal. Mm -hmm. Um, so lesson learned guys, you got to figure out a way to keep track of your goals too. Um, (laughs) uh, so that's definitely one of my goals and, uh, really just expanding this, this, uh, corporate practice that I've, uh, that I've started, uh, pretty much since a couple of years ago, but really since the pandemic hit, um, I've been doing a lot more of this corporate work and, uh, it's really great. So, um, expanding that is, is going to be a big focus of mine for this year. Yeah. And I think that's probably totally needed. A lot of people either Mm -hmm. working from home, you know, they need help right now in terms of health and fitness and and what they can do differently. So that makes sense. And I love that goal. That sounds really fun. Yeah. Um, It's, I was trying to think, I'm like, really just like kind of picking a random number and I'm like, well, it's 2021. So why don't I say 2021? Because you know, why not? (laughs) Um, that sounds great. So thank yeah. you so much. These have been great tips. And I love that you're taking such a balanced approach to health and fitness and not mm-hmm. focusing on, yes, all the the fad diets and, you know, the do this, don't do that kind of thing. I think it, this will be very helpful tips for listeners, especially the focus on sleep. I think that's, that's really great. Um, as we hopefully head into the spring, people will definitely be needing that advice. So are there any ways that listeners can connect with you online if they're interested in finding out more? Absolutely. So I have a website. So it's fit, healthy, 
365.com. I'm also on uh, Facebook and Instagram uh, at fithealthy365. Um, I'm in my DMs. I'm, I check emails. If you contact me through the contact page on my website, I respond back. Um, so there's lots of different ways to get a hold of me and I always respond, uh, respond back, uh, personally. I love chatting with people. So happy to take any questions or if people are more interested in some of the information that I've been sharing. Um, I'm very giving with, um, my resources and my tips and advice. So, um, you know, I really just like to help people, have their best lives and, and really just keep it as simple as possible for everybody. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Nope, that definitely makes sense. And that's how people actually can do it. <laughs> mm-hmm, exactly. <laughs> great. Well, thank you so much again and have a great week. Thanks, Sarah. It's been great chatting with you. Thanks so much for having me on. Thanks so much to Lydia for all of her great health and fitness tips this week. I especially love the one about focusing on sleep. I know I for sure need to focus there. And also on the piece about living in that gray zone mindset about not being perfect, but just being consistent and making the best choices. I really loved that those were so practical and things that we can very easily implement. If you are looking for more information, feel free to reach out to Lydia in all the places that she recommended. And I will also make sure that she is tagged and her website is included in the show notes. Thank you for listening to the Learning to Slay the Beast podcast. Please keep in mind this podcast is not intended to be medical or professional advice. If you are looking for that advice, please seek that out from a professional. If you'd like to hear more from me, you can visit my blog, www.theallergybeast.wordpress.com, or follow me online at Sarah Lady Gluten on Instagram, S A R A L A D Y G L U T E N, or the Facebook page, Sarah Lady Gluten. If you do like the podcast, please consider subscribing so that you will get the podcast update every week and or reviewing the podcast on whatever platform you listen to. Thanks again and have a great week.